Coming up on Golf Today, highlights from the low country. The first round of the RBC Heritage is underway on Hilton Head Island. Speech JT, Cantlay Kisner on the golf course now, hunting for birdies along the Calabogie Sound. And Morgan Hoffman set to tee off in moments, his first start since 2019 after a diagnosis of muscular dystrophy, an inspiring journey to seek new ways to think, to breathe, to heal, and to live. Plus, Augusta National Women's Am champ and fashion trendsetter Anna Davis stops by to talk bucket hats, sibling rivalries, and her magical week in Georgia. It's all ahead on Golf Today. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Harbortown Golf Links is a special, special place. The lighthouse, the bike rides, the vibes, it's all good, baby, baby. And it plays host to the PGA Tour for the 54th time as the first round of the RBC Heritage is underway. Hey there, welcome inside our Golf Channel studios. Green jacket, gold jacket, tartan jacket. It's all good. I'm George Savarikis. He's Damon Hacken. He's the only man on this set who can actually pull off the tartan jacket. I try. I'm a little fashion trendsetter myself. Like, I was going like to say that we, we had it all wrong in the tees. No, we did. Been. Have you been, by the way, to, to Hilton Head? I mean, it's been. I haven't. I've been to Hilton Head. Haven't okay. covered this tournament. Yeah, you've been there a couple times. I right? have. It's special, buddy. It's uh, if if Augusta is this huge, you know, ballpark, special week, stressful week. This is more of an intimate setting. You see kids bringing their wives and and the children come. And you mentioned the bike rides off the top. It's true. It's a gorgeous place to kind of hang and relax, exhale after the stresses of major championships. So I know it's the spot to go because our Todd Lewis, who's one of the hardest yeah. working men in the business, was on live from the Masters all last week. Always does a family vacation yeah. in Hilton Head this week. So even though the PGA Tour is there, it's such a good spot to hang that T. Lou will be there relaxing toes in the sand. TV's Todd Lewis, yeah. a very, very smart man. Yeah. Cameron Young, man on fire at RBC Heritage. Yeah, man from New York, was a Met golf rider, or golf rider, maybe he was a golf rider. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a member of the Met Golf. What Ryan. can he do? I'm incriminating myself. <laughs> Met golfer of the year. Father's the director of golf at Sleepy Hollow. He's playing well this season. Was a runner-up at Genesis earlier. Sanderson this Farms early one. Yeah. Played his first Masters last week, and you can see right now, Cameron Young. How about that? Opening round, 863. You don't often see a three-shot lead early in the first round on the PGA Tour, but that's where we're at right now. Well, let's hear how he got it done. Cameron Young chatting with our Kira K. Dixon. Cameron Young making a statement early at the RBC Heritage. Eight birdies, clean card. How would you describe the day, Cameron? Um, it was good. Um, no, I, I hit the ball really well. Um, kind of the only... I really had maybe two chances to make a bogey all day. One was the first hole of the day, which is nice to kind of just, you know, make like an eight or nine footer and kind of get off to an okay start. Um, and the other one was 11, I think, um, both of which just kind of, you know, one bad tee shot and one misjudged iron shot. Other than that, I really hit pretty much everything else how I meant to the whole day. You have to do everything well to have a day like this, but what were you most proud of? Um... I think for the most part, we managed it pretty well. Um, I really only hit a couple shots off tees that I would want to try again. I hit probably two wrong clubs. Um, and out here, I think that's probably the hardest part because there's certain holes where if you hit, you know, you hit a little too far, 
there's not much of a place where you have a shot at the green with some overhanging trees. So I think we played it pretty smart and uh, I just gave myself a lot of chances to kind of get something on the green and, and obviously some of them came down close and I made some birdies. You're coming off your first appearance at the Masters and you maybe didn't have the week that you wanted, but how much did what happened last week kind of light the fire to come out here and do something special? Um, yeah, I mean, it just kind of, I think, showed me that I wasn't um, as sharp as I thought I was going in. I thought I had been playing well and that place exposed some major weaknesses. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a hard week. It's a hard one for it to be your first one. There's a lot to learn around that golf course. And I just didn't play particularly well. So we've done some good work the last few days to make it feel like I can hit some shots that I wasn't able to last week. And today it seemed to work. Thanks for the time. Best of luck rest of the week. No problem. Thank you. Sure did seem to work. Clean card for a man making his RBC Heritage debut. A birdies no drop shots for the man who in 2017 with the New York State Open at Beth Page Black. You know what I see on that scorecard? Please. All gas, no breaks. <laughs> Eight birdies, ten pars. So hot, could probably barely hold the pencil to sign his card at the end of the day. What a round. Must be nice to play golf like that. Someone else who played some fantastic golf a couple of weeks ago. 16-year-old Anna Davis from the San Diego area. It was quite a day on that Saturday for the lefty. I love the swag, the bucket hat, keeping the pin in, rolling a birdie in on the ninth to end her first nine, and then making the move to the second nine. Part three, twelfth. Golden Bell, we've seen how difficult it can be for the best in the game. Short birdie. I tell you what, Augusta's been good to lefties throughout its history now. The par five, thirteenth. This is their third shot, just kind of Station to station. Oh, golf shots. It's great fluidity to that swing. Nice rhythm and tempo. Uh, how about that? Birdie, birdie on 12 and 13. That's yeah. when she was starting to really make a move that second night. Absolutely. Trying to post the score and kind of see what happens on the backside. Terrific up and down on the par 4, 14th. That final round, 69. And great, great moment in Butler Cabin. Oh, phenomenal. And that's something she's obviously going to remember the rest of her career and the career is basically just getting started she's 16 you see what she's been able to do so far and I love this Augusta National Women's Amateur Champ in her debut everything else are junior events Damon <laughs> to round out this bio because it's such an early stage of her career member of the 2021 U.S. Junior Ryder Cup team uh, as well as yeah, sophomore in high school at Steel Canyon we're pleased to be joined by the champ herself Anna Davis and it is great to see you, prestigious tournament, everybody making a big fuss about the win and your hat. I'm just curious, what's the coolest thing that has happened to you since the win? Um, not much. I mean, I've gotten invited to quite a few tournaments, like um, three major events for the LPGA, so I'm looking forward to playing in those. What's your best memory from that final round at Augusta? I mean, to be able to, to get the victory in that fashion with the 69, what really stands out to you looking back? I think probably when I played hole 12 and 13, and I went birdie, birdie, and I was looking at the leaderboard and realized that I had a good chance at winning. So just using that momentum, I think that was that was a fun part of the tournament for sure. But we were sad. Yeah, I'm glad that was fun, but how'd you handle the stress of of waiting for Latana Stone to finish because you seem pretty cool, but what was going on on the inside? Uh, I was definitely, I was, I was more nervous watching Latana than actually playing my round. So I was, I was, I was nervous and stressing like what she was going to do on those final two holes. 
So there are two talking points. One was about your game, which is fantastic. Another was about the bucket hat, which is also fantastic. You could have chosen to wear a baseball hat or a straw hat or a visor or no hat. When did you start wearing a bucket hat and why? Um, back in July, I, I played at Valhalla in the girls' PGA. And it was really hot, so my dad told me that I had to wear a bucket hat so I wouldn't get burnt. And then ever since then, I've been I've been wearing one because I was I was pretty known for wearing a bucket hat back in July too. Then it becomes your vibe and your trademark, and now, now you just gotta <laughs> you gotta run with it. And check this out: you got bucket hats run in the Davis family. <laughs> Love that pick. Hashtag Anwan Golf. And, and speaking of the family, you got your your twin brother. Billy, one of my favorite moments during the broadcast is after you win, you and Billy catching up. Obviously, you, you played golf together since you could first start to walk, but it just seemed like two siblings, like he's, he's kind of giving you grief, like totally unimpressed by the fact that you just won this monumental tournament. Yeah, yeah, he played it down a bit. It was, it was kind of funny. I just walked out and he started rubbing my head. I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're pretty, we're playful like that. Did you realize the, the social media chatter? I mean, obviously no phones at Augusta National, but, you know, people were going crazy about your, your entire look, the hat, the color coordination. Like, did you know after the fact that folks were making a big deal about kind of the, the fashion statement that you were making? I was, uh, when I got done with, like, all of the interviews after my round, um, I, people were telling me that... Um, people on Twitter were going like crazy. So I had to download Twitter and make an account and go look at that. <laughs> so <laughs> I started looking, it was so funny. Cause like, I just see like tweet after tweet about my bucket hat. And I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> I'd be surprised if your bucket hat doesn't have its own Twitter handle. <laughs> by this point. That could be something coming up. Uh, and, yeah. and curious, I, I, I was reading this. If you can confirm, were you the first Anwa champ without a driver's license? Um, I, I think so. I would assume I'm, I'm 16. I, I still don't have it. I've, I've been putting it off. <laughs> so, so most 16-year-olds, they don't even know what they want to do with their, the rest of their lives. You're obviously a fantastic golfer. Uh, I haven't seen your report card, but I imagine it's pretty good. What would you like to do, say, 10 years from now? What does the future look like for you? Um, I definitely want to be on tour. I, I want to be the best golfer in the world, and that's been my goal from such a young age. So I've, I've, I've wanted to do that from the time I started playing. Fantastic. We obviously have a lot of game, and you have great fashion. We want you to grade some bucket hats through the years, if you don't mind. A lot of golfers okay. like to go with the bucket hat. We're going to start with Joel Damon, a PGA Tour winner. Your, your thoughts on his look with the bucket hat? Should I, should I, like, rate it on a scale of 1 to 10? Sure. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, no, I think we'll give him, we'll give him, like, a 10 because he kind of shouted me out on Instagram. Oh. So I think that gives him, like, that gives him, like, an automatic um, 10 out of 10. Ah, oh, I see. So like a little it. pandering to, to the champ, and then it's a 10 out of 10. All right, I respect that. Let's go old school here. This is a guy, a two-time Masters champ, Bubba Watson. Oh, he's, uh, mm. I, th I like this. I like the style of the bucket hat. It's kind of the one I wear. And he's a lefty. I we can give him a ten out of ten too. Okay. Need to slip in a picture of me in a bucket Positivity hat. Positivity. Got a lot of tennis nice. How about the Beebs? I guess they call him the Beebs still, right? <laughs> Justin Bieber. What do you what do you think about this bucket hat? Um, <laughs> this is so funny. Um, 
Um, we'll give him, we'll give him like a seven. It's, it's all right. We like the, we like the pink though. I should get a pink bucket hat. Okay, seven. Yeah, so she's, that's... Oh, the grades are getting more difficult. Well, we got Tiger Sunday red. We could have the Sunday pink with yes. the bucket hat going. Like forward. it. <laughs> all right, our next one. Billie Eilish. Oh, man. That's, my wife loves Billie Eilish. I do, too. I, I do, too. Yeah, I yeah. could do not. But what, what are you thinking of the bucket hat play here? No, I, I love her music, but I just don't think the bucket hat's doing it for me. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, yeah, one or two? How? Yeah, what's the no. number? We were like a four. Four. Two Grammys, though. A couple Grammys. Four here. We've got to keep her grounded. we got to keep her grounded. That, do you remember Snoopy? I mean, Snoopy has been a cartoon for decades. Do you know Snoopy? What do you think of Snoopy? I do, I do. Snoopy okay. looks haggard there. Um, <laughs> um, Is that Snoopy's oh, brother? Man. Yeah, Spike. Oh, it's Spike. Spike's coming off a long weekend. Spike? Was Spike at the WM? Um, Phoenix yeah, Open, maybe? Yeah. Man, Spike. Oh my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Anna, this is. Uh, you want to give a grade to Spike? Yeah. I thought it was Snoopy. No, I. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't really know what to give that, to be honest. I, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I think Spike needs a weekend at the spot. It's straight enough. Really oh, random. here's a personal okay. favorite for me, Carl Spackler. This is a classic <laughs> from Caddyshack. What do you think? Color coordinated. I think that's that's like an eight. I think we'll give him an eight just because he like he, he's in that movie and that's that's a great movie. I could get a bucket out with a little strap. <laughs> the strap, strap would be next for level. A windy day. Yeah, maybe. I like that. <laughs> when you're bringing your game to the UK, you oh got to go strap to keep that keep that on. Oh, and this was so fun. Yeah. Thanks for grading the hats for us. Thanks for making us a little more fashion conscious. And we hope to speak to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch. Five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. Back on golf today, big day for the University of Texas men's golf team on Wednesday. Longhorns ended their regular season in style, picking up the one-shot win over Pepperdine 
at the 75th annual Western Inner Collegiate. Asatiempo, such oh, a good watch in prime time here on Golf Channel. We had Aaron Oberholzer on yesterday's show. 96 champ. Yeah, exactly. Talking about how cool it is. Great history. And speaking of which, you know, UT known for producing great talents like Scotty Scheffler. In fact, he took home the individual title at the Western in 2015, the very same day. Jordan Spieth won the Masters. Amazing synergy yeah. there. And then Scheffler, seven years later, slipping on the green jacket. You know what's tired? What's that? The pick, which I love, of Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth together, juniors, JT with the hot dog, wired, <laughs> Will Zalatoris, Scotty Scheffler, and look how small Scotty is. Didn't hit that growth spurt till high school. A little later now, Zalatoris is 6'2", Scheffler 6'3". Passed him up. Out with the old and with the new, they say, my man. All right, how about some uh, first-round grouping updates? Aforementioned Jordan Spieth, he's minus two, so T13 coming off his first missed cut at the Masters. JT's at even tie for 40th place. Shane Lowry, I considered him in my one and done. I went with the kids. Well, I kids. Yeah. Palmetto State. Yeah. How about Jordan Spieth? I mean, what do you see with him? Right now, he sat in the press center during the Masters and talked about how disappointed he was that he didn't have more than one green jacket. You know, it was years ago where he said, you know, my peers fear me around here. They know our record around here. And then he goes out and misses the cut at maybe the most important tournament to him on the calendar. It, it looks like every time he's getting ready to swing a golf club, it's a grind. That the hamster's on the wheel, the gears have to be set in motion for him to get these feels to where he's at right now. I'm both bearish with where he's at, mm. but bullish for the future. So okay. if, if you look at the slump that he's currently in and his strokes gained approach numbers this year compared to his worst season of the past eight, nine years on the PGA Tour, you, you pulled up those numbers and total, he was 99th in 2019 to 2020. That was probably bottom, rock bottom yeah. for Jordan Spieth. Had that long winless drought this season he's 73rd so I, I'm bearish in the fact that his slump since the Masters last year it's real like he's now in the depths but I'm bullish because if you look at what's causing the slump he's 180th in putting oh that's not Jordan Spieth like if he can figure out the putter the ball striking numbers actually aren't that bad but then you're worried like okay is it kind of Ricky Fowler syndrome where he spent working. so much time yes uh, on the golf swing, yes. that the putter, which historically has been the strength of his game, you can't allocate, you, you kind of neglect it. You take it yeah. for granted, and then that's the thing now that he's missing three- and four-foot putts. It's only so many hours in the day, only so much daylight, and to see Jordan Spieth standing over the golf ball, and he's really exaggerating this move that he's trying to ingrain these new fields, and I do think that that putter has been ignored or at least not given the attention that it normally does. But I keep seeing this fighter, this grinder. We've seen him, you know, dig out of slumps before. Uh, he's not winning golf tournaments. He did win in San Antonio last year. But he's, uh, he's you know, bereft of victories. We well, yeah, made it look easy in 2015. Since August of 2017. Yeah. He loses that playoff against DJ in the FedEx Cup playoff event. Yeah. He has one win. It's nearly five years. Why does he get more of a pass than Rory McIlroy. When Rory goes in slumps and we go, end of the world. I think Jordan's it's because been in like a four or five years. He emotes. He, he, we live and die with every shot. And I shouldn't say he makes he made winning look easy in 2015. He won a lot, but it never really 
looks easy for Jordan. You always Spieth. one turn away from from, from a swing going off there yeah. or a, a missed three footer and wins like Chambers Bay. He doubles the second yeah. to last hole and then still wins like that. You're always on edge yeah. even at the open. I think there. he he filled a gap when Tiger was dealing with his back issues. 14, 15, 16. Jordan Spieth stepped into that void and looked like the next guy, the heir apparent. It had been Rory. Rory hasn't won a major since 2014. He's won a couple of FedEx Cups. Yes, he's won the Players' Championship. Yes, he won in Vegas. But he hasn't come back to being the player that he is. I think people respect Jordan's fight and grind and that he's willing to show us the scars. He is showing us this exaggerated move in his pre-shot routine. It does not look pretty. He admits it looks kind of strange, but I think it's the way he emotes and shares his joys and his struggles that gives him a bit of a pass, in my opinion. And Rory does also, though. But I, I agree, like, from a media standpoint, Jordan is so introspective and yeah. so sharing with where he's at in the process. Yeah. But you look at this period of the last four to five years, yeah. and Jordan's so cerebral that you wonder how much of this is going to stay with him. Like, how much yeah. scar tissue is starting to build up over time? Or is he going to have a period where he flips it on, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, this was just a three-year lull, and then he wins four times? Or is it going to be, man, he had such a high pedestal early in his career, yeah. and that's a high that you're still – chasing and then we want to compare him to that version which yeah. was like a supernova possible to do and it's like impossible it's like 2014 rory yeah some people think he hasn't been the same since the 2016 masters when he had that five shot lead walking to the second nine jordan of course the past fedex cup champ the defending fedex cup champ is patrick cantley let's take a look at him on the golf course now ucla brewing at the par five fifth hole okay Go in. the early call oh. Oh, so close. Cantley playing alongside Kevin Kisner and Billy Horsel. So Cantley's. Man, you got Kiz. Early days. He's still got a Even. lot of golf Even. left. Should I go with Shane Lowry? Is that what you're telling me? No, I probably would have gone. I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback okay. you here. I probably would have gone Kiz also. Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. You need much. that positive affirmation. Kiz told us a few weeks ago, you know, pick him at the match play. Pick him at the RBC. You know what's in there? Court number two. Morikawa is there. Yeah, making the trip from Augusta to, to Hilton Head. Like it. What's going on in his game? One of the best ball strikers in the world we discuss on a Thursday. Golf today.
maybe it's a maybe Back at it on golf today. One of the rounds of the day developing with Corey Connors teed off on the 10th. So this the part three seventh his 16th hole of the day 187 yards out. Doesn't get any better than this. Wow. Well you called a ball striker and you want to kind of show why. That's exactly that an ace. Got his fellow Canadian there, Mac Hughes. That's pretty cool. I like that the tour did that. High fives all around. Pictures courtesy of our buddies at ESPN Plus. And this is someone coming off a T6 at the Masters, was third in the match play. Just we're seeing him more and more comfortable in a big spot, as they say in New York uh, Sports Talk Radio. He's getting some nice direct deposits in that <laughs> bank account from the PGA Tour. He's on a good run. And he's currently just three off the lead at the RBC Heritage. All right, Georgie, about a two-time major champ, Colin Morikawa, battling his way to a solo fifth at the Masters. He holed out for a bunker from the bunker, just like Rory did. I mean, what a scene. You want to talk about goosebumps. Best moment of the Masters yeah. was that scene. On it. It's so rare to have two players feed yeah. off each other in a final round and then create a shared moment like that. In number two in the world, a little distance between Scotty and the rest of the chasers. We've been looking at this for like, what, six, nine months since DJ was dethroned? Yeah. And the gap was maybe like 0 .3, 0 .4. Yeah. And I know it's kind of inside baseball, but to have a two-point lead. That's big. Is massive. That is. And he's earned it, winning four of his last six events. Kyle Morikawa, two-time major champ, and I think in some ways underrated. I mean, he's played nine majors, and he has five top ten finishes and two wins in those major championships. Maybe if there's one bobble, it would have been when he had that 54-hole lead at the Hero, five-shot lead with a chance to become the number one player in the world. Uh, he wobbled a shot 76, which was tied for the worst score among the 20 players competing that week. And I think that was the only blemish in what has been an absolutely clean start to his professional career. He said he was thinking about it, too. Yeah. Which Morikawa, also another guy on the mic, is you feel like you learned something either from Colin or when he shares an opinion, what his thoughts are within the game. Very, very cerebral player, very wise, yeah. given how early a stage he's at in his career. Was looking at the numbers. I haven't seen Colin win this season. And it, the crazy stat, Scotty Scheffler has four wins. Everyone else on the U.S. Ryder Cup team combined as zero. How about that? And Colin's what a stat. part of that group. And part of it is his strokes gain around the greens. He's 176th. So it's speed with the putter, mm. Colin around the greens. Strokes gained approach last season was Tiger-esque. Yeah. He's 20th right now. So he's just the, – mm. the strengths of his game aren't quite to what we're accustomed to with Colin Morikawa. And that's what he does with an iron in his hand. Yeah, I tell you what, speaking of Tiger, I mean, Colin's goals in this game are big. I remember talking to him after the U.S. Open, which was won by John Rahm. And at that time, he was a, a one-time – major champ. He was close. Though. He was close. He had a great week. And I said, you know, you know, what's uh, what's next for you? And he goes, go get that next major. And it was at the next major at the Open where he added a second major what, championship. What ended the, the COVID major run? Where he he had seven majors in less than a year, and he won the first and yes. the last. And Jim Nance had said, hey, someone's going to make a career out of this in this stretch. And it was Colin Morikawa to find his career. years of age. And he's seeing a lot of these golf courses for the first time. Yeah. playing in major championships for the second or third time, and he just continues to prove to me that he's kind of got like a, a brain like a supercomputer. He's one of those players who's very adaptable, 
doesn't matter the conditions, doesn't matter the grasses. He's won on the West Coast, he's, which is where he grew up, where he won at Harding Park. He's won overseas. He has a game that travels. And I tell you, I just think that because his personality may be a little low wattage, he shares uh, in press conferences, but he, you know, not a huge personality, but I think he is underrated and, and to a certain extent underappreciated. And I think part of what makes him underrated is he's not an imposing figure by any yeah, means. But you, physically, you mentioned, mentioned yeah. what he does mentally. Yeah. He's been working with Rick Setzinghouse since he was, what, eight, nine, ten years old. And then he works with Mac Todd with Urban Golf Performance mm. Fitness Group out of Southern California. So he's very dedicated to his mind and his body. And that's what makes him so consistent where he week in and week out. He doesn't seem to have these crazy like mini slumps yet in yeah. his career. We see Colin Morikawa generally playing at a high level. Yeah, he went to UC Berkeley, that's where I got my master's in journalism. I may be a little partial to Colin. He's a bright, bright young man. Two very learned individuals. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing alongside uh, Stuart Sink, past champ, in fact, defending champ, and then Webb Simpson won here back in 2020. Sink has made 17 cuts here, six top tens, including wins in 2004 and 21. Well, I was racking my brain. Another player similar to Stuart Sink who went on a great run late 40s. Obviously, mm. Phil won late in his career, but it'd be like maybe Kenny Perry mm. that incredible run in 2008, 2009, five wins there, but Stewart had a 12-year gap yeah. basically between wins, and he wins twice last season, and then how cool was this last week? He had the win last year at the RBC Heritage with his son Reagan on the bag, and then the ace on the 16th also with the sign on the bag. Remarkable. He missed the cut. Still a great moment for this family. And I tell you what, he caught the attention of Tiger Woods, who had a special nickname oh, this is great. for Sink. 19 was last time I, you know, we, for me that I experienced, you know, having the patrons like this. And it's exciting. It's, it's inspiring. It's, uh, it's fun to hear the roars, to hear um, hole-in-ones. I, I think uh, Kitchen made one the other day. And uh, to hear that roar down, down there at the bottom there on 16, uh, just to hear that, that, that excitement of uh, what this tournament brings out. Tiger referred to you as the, the kitchen after his final round Sunday. <laughs> What's the origination of that nickname, and uh, how do you feel about it? Well, it's been something that people have called me ever since I was little, ever since I can remember, and Tiger thinks he started that. But he did not start that. I've been referred to as Kitchen ever since I was a little kid playing golf back in Florence, Alabama, growing up. Uh, there was a guy named Tim Kitchens who I played in a couple partner events with up there. And everybody just thought that was the funniest thing, that Kitchens and Sink were playing together. And I was, you know, 13, 14 years old when that happened. People have been calling me that for years. And Tiger's always called me that. It's just a kind of a funny nickname. Tiger's got nicknames for everybody just like we have for him and everybody else, too. It's just a part of sort of locker room banter. I love how deadpan Tiger delivers that, yeah. not realizing everyone in the sports media like had to like clutch their chair and be like, what? I was this heard that. This guy's been on tour 25 years. We've never heard this nickname, Kitchen. <laughs> it's so good. And, and Tiger, you can see the, the smile as he delivered it. Oh, you know? yeah. He's... I'm the coolest kid in the room, you know. But I didn't, I didn't know that. And Stuart's saying, wait, you know, easy yeah, big yeah, cat. Yeah. I've been called easy Kitchen turbo. since I was a, a little guy. I tell you, how about Stuart Sink? He's 48 now. And he's proven that he can still get it done. This used to be the age where, you know, I got to have a bridge. I got to find a, a, a bridge to the 15 overset. He's still productive on the PGA Tour. Well, hey, I, he could have a great run if and when he's ready for the PGA Tour Champions yeah. in a couple of years. I think what defines Stuart Sink's career, obviously you remember 
09 yes, in I the do. Open. The longevity from his first win in 1997 at the Travelers to his yeah. most recent win at Heritage. It's a 24-year span. Mm. It's amazing. Golf swing hasn't changed that much by my eye through the year. I'm not breaking it down like Brandel or anything, <laughs> but I just think it, the move is, is beautiful. It is timeless, and I think kind of a renewed motivation as his kids has gotten older, especially with Reagan out there on the bag from time to we, time. We hear a lot of that when players have kids who become teenagers or involved in the game or caddy for them, how that it provides a renewed vigor to yeah. show them, I can still do this. Hey, dad's still a winner out yeah. here on the PGA Tour. And Great we got to see that last season for sure. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Golf today rolling right along. Not the ending to Masters week that players champ Camp Smith was certainly hoping for. Triple bogey on 12 in the drink, ending his chances for that major breakthrough. Smith ultimately finished the Masters in a tie for third at five under. He's looking to bounce back this week as he tees it up on Hilton Head Island. When asked if he's gotten over the Masters, here's what Cam had to say. I don't think I was down in the dumps. Um, I was just... Uh, just frustrated. Um, I feel as though, um, you know, I was one really good swing away from really contending. Um, and that's just how golf is, especially around that golf course. I feel as though sometimes you can even hit really good golf shots and um, end up making bogeys and doubles around there. So, yeah, just, just a little bit frustrated. Um, my game's in a good spot. Um, I'm happy. Uh, with how I, uh, I guess, handled the situation after. And, um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to competing again this week. Uh, that's kind of in the rearview mirror now. Cam Smith turning the page on that Masters. Don't turn it too hard, though. The season's been good. Eight starts, five top ten finishes. Those wins at the Century and the Players' Championship. T3 at the Masters. Nothing to sneeze at. A fantastic start to the season. He's off this afternoon alongside 
couple of PGA Tour winners in Joaquin Neiman and Sung J.M. 1.07 p.m. Eastern Time as we head over to the CDW Intelligence Center. Go beyond the scorecard using shot link statistics. And this is a player who's been kind of a through line of this PGA Tour season. Been on a lot of leaderboards, been in the mix on a lot of big-time Sundays. Twice the winner. What do you see in terms of the strokes gained stats that are really kind of telling the story yeah. of Cameron Smith? We, we got to dig into the details because so much is made over what Cam Smith can do with the putter. Obviously, third on the PGA Tour. But what makes the total package here, look at his strokes gained approach. Inside the top 10 on the PGA Tour. His numbers right now better than Colin Morikawa. Wow. You wouldn't think Cam Smith better iron player than Colin Morikawa. So far this season he is. That's why he has two wins and you add it all up. Second yeah. on the PGA Tour in strokes gain total. It's been an amazing start to the season and you can see why he keeps working his way up the world ranking. His profile growing as well. I remember speaking to him at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. The reporters are walking around the, the practice screen, and, and Cameron was by himself. So yeah. I went up to him and said, hey, what are you working on? He said, I'm working on those kind of 15-foot par savers. He makes a bunch of those. We listened to that, that uh, interview there with the, with the folks at the media at Hilton Head. He's turning the page. Do you think it's going to be easy or hard for him to do? We have seen players throughout history, when they have a, a bad moment at the Masters, Tony Finau, you know, Francesco Molinari at 12, Brooks Kepka at 12. It took Francesco, in particular, a long time to get over it. Any potential lingering effect for Cam Smith? I lean yes. And wh why would you lean yes? Because it's, a, it's an embarrassing moment. It's a tough moment. You make your worst golf swing of the week in the heat. And I think it's harder to turn the page than just saying, I'm focusing on this week. It's not going to linger, even as well as he's playing this season. See, I'm going to go... The other end of the spectrum. Okay. I actually believe what he's saying, rearview mirror, because you look at the like a snapshot first round of the Masters. Starts with a double, ends his day with a double, four under 68. He's one off the lead. Right. Uh, when he won the Sony Open a couple years ago, opened his week with a triple, and then goes on to win. So he, he's prone to mm. some volatility in his round, but he seems very even keel. Like yeah. he shows very, even when he made the triple, he didn't show a ton of emotion there, yeah. and that basically sunk his chances of winning the Masters. But I feel like he keeps a very even keel. He's not as uh, high-strung a player necessarily. Mm. So I don't think the scar tissue, which we've mentioned early in the show here on Golf Today, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it could be for maybe another mm. player in that situation. But you got to win yeah. to forget it. So, otherwise, it's the narrative we're going to yeah. trot out every year. Hey, what, yeah, any what, memories what of 12? Yeah, what happened? I mean, those kind of questions have been haunting Francesco Molinari. Listen, he's yeah. had a fantastic season already. He seems like he's working his way into the conversation of being the best player without a major. Oh, he, he certainly is. He's got to be yeah. on that list. I mean, and, and he, prior to Scotty Scheffler winning the Masters, was yeah. in the conversation as yeah. a potential PGA Tour Player of the Year candidate. Yeah. But now the chef, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. picked up a winning recipe yeah. so far. Yeah, so. absolutely. Fantastic stats for Cam Smith. For Fantastic sure. season so far. That was the CW Intelligence Center. People who get it. All right, coming up, we've got more highlights coming your way from the RBC Heritage. Remember, first round coverage later today here on Golf Channel at 3 o'clock Eastern time. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Putting the peg in the ground for hour two of golf today. Got a lot coming up. Opening round highlights from the RBC Heritage. Is there a post-masters malaise for some of the stars in the field this week? 
or the new vibe on Hilton Head Island bringing out the best from the best at the RBC. This one of the most fascinating stories in professional golf. The return of Morgan Hoffman after being away from the PGA Tour for two and a half years following a diagnosis with muscular dystrophy. Hoffman's journey led to him seeking alternative treatment in Costa Rica. Now he's back inside the ropes on tour in this date three years ago. What a moment. Green jacket number five, major number 15. We're going to relive Tiger Woods 2019 Masters win. That's all coming up as Golf Today continues. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Beautiful day. Hilton Head Island first round of the RBC Heritage underway. South Carolina. Gorgeous spot. Um, exhale. Kick your feet up if you want. Take a bike ride. Toes in the sand. Toes in the sand. No golf balls in the sand. Hopefully you want to keep it in the fairway. Small greens. Great field. Five of the top ten in the world. Hope you're having a great Thursday. Damon Hack alongside George Savarica. It's been a while since we worked together. I love this part of the schedule, by the way. I just want to say how important is it to have tournaments like RBC Heritage, where it's kind of a smaller, intimate setting. Maybe some of the other aspects of uh, the skills of golfers are emphasized this week. Yeah, and the, the PGA Tour touches so many different parts of the country. And you see yeah. different styles of courses, different media markets. Harry Higgs said this is the best fit on the schedule for any event on the PGA Tour, just because it, it's such a contrast to the cauldron that is the pressure yeah. of Augusta National and the Masters. What I love, and you, never, you don't see this in modern golf course architecture, small greens. Like, I grew yeah. up playing small greens, grew up caddying on small greens, the historic layouts in and around the Chicago area. You don't see small greens with yeah. the courses that open up or you don't see small greens that often on the PGA Tour. One of the best Pete Dye designs with the design consultant, Big Jack. Jack Nicklaus mm -hmm. kind of dipping his toe into the design game at that point. 54th edition of the RBC Heritage. How about some highlights? Got some updated ones for you. Jordan Spieth, I said stay out of the bunker if you can, but if you're on a par five, okay. You're gonna yeah, awesome. get this close. We would make that three-footer to get to three under, George. George Spieth off to a pretty good start so far. Shane Lowry also on the fifth, also from the beach. Just when I say you don't want any golf balls, these guys are so good. You can hit it anywhere, basically. These guys. Routine. They do, keeping the, the pot boiling from a terrific week at Augusta for Shane Lowry. JT from 20 feet out. This club has been the bugaboo for Justin Thomas. Hasn't been consistent with the putter, but when you start seeing him roll in 20 footers, you start thinking, okay, maybe JT can start going on a run. Yeah, Cameron Young went on a run today. Bogey free, eight under 63 for the man who grew up in New York. One of the best golfers in the Met area. And some names you would expect, like a, a Graham McDowell. Five yeah. under this 66. Is, this, this is, is the it. week for Graham McDowell or uh, maybe a Denny McCarthy. Corey Connors, some ball striking fools out there. Pat Perez, the oldie but a goodie. How about Justin Thomas, by the way? I'm glad you mentioned him and, and mentioned the putter being the, 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 the really the club that needs to heat up for him to be the player that he wants to be. We had a conversation earlier in the week about kind of the pressure he puts on himself to perform. 
Where do you see him right now? I think he's in the right direction. So okay. he's getting closer to the JT that we saw, say, three, four years ago. It was such an amazing season, 2016 into 17 yeah. in the PGA Championship. Um, when guys get hot and Justin, other players have talked about this. You want to ride that hot streak, but often we see a player's career defined by a great two- to three-year stretch. So for, for Justin Thomas, he's still so young, it's hard yeah. to say, okay, that was his stretch because he's in his mid to late 20s. Um, I think we're going to see more golf comparable to that 2017 mm. run in Justin's near future. I hope you're right. I'm coming to grips with the fact that waiting for the next – Tiger Woods is a fool's errand. Yes. You know, it, it took from Jack to Tiger to really have a truly transcendent, dominant player. And I think we are now living in an era where you're going to see Scotty Scheffler have a great run, and it's going to be John Rahm's turn or Cantley or JT or Morikawa. I'm just not sure if any of these players are going to end up being a 10-time major champ or a 12-time major champ. It, it, it's it's hard to... And that's to, what we were predicting with Rory. And when sure. Jordan exactly. ripped off that we run, we were thinking, okay, 8, 10, 12, not... Because we're still living in that afterglow of Tiger. And we're yeah. saying, well, heck, all these guys have the, the track man and the flight scope and they work out and eat healthy and have the mind coach and the body coach and the, 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 the equipment and everything kind of in their favor. But it's a reminder to me that all that doesn't mean that the next guy is going to be this 73-time PGA Tour winner or an 82-time PGA Tour winner? It's hard to win majors. Like, you, you, you kind of almost, like, not discredit, but Nick Faldo's six majors. Yeah. That's a lot yeah, of high-profile tournaments to win. If you have, say, Brooks Kepka at four, Jordan Spieth at three, Justin Thomas currently at one, yeah. those guys to get to six or exceed that, yeah. I mean, that's a high number that to is. get to. Jordan Spieth and Hildhead this week. Got Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson from South Carolina, a son of South Carolina. Want to do a little throwback Thursday for DJ from a world number Why one. We? I mean, this was like, remember when he was clean shaven? This is Coastal Carolina. I mean, we don't remember this DJ. Like a clean, clean cut, all American kid. DJ did find the beach here. <laughs> he <did. laughs> They're just like David's danger mocking zone. me now, right? I mean, <laughs> my goodness. 24 wins, by the way, and this eventual career that will end up in the World Golf Hall of Fame. Season in review, Georgie, what do you see? I'm seeing a player kind of starting to heat up. I thought that win over Kepka head-to-head at the match play, I thought that was a big deal, personally. I, I think you could, it, it, in a in a micro perspective, yeah. it seems big Yeah. in the entirety of the season. Yeah. I don't know if DJ is going to be like, oh, the catalyst was. You might not even remember it. No, but I, to <laughs> me, I see this, and I see DJ... Coming out of hibernation, a yeah. big yawn after the Genesis. Played some decent golf with the players. And now we're starting to see, okay, three top 12 finishes yeah. in his last four starts. Hasn't won the PGA Tour since the 2020 Masters. Yeah, T12 last week. You know, DJ always says some interesting things, kind of a staple of the show, things DJ says. And uh, this was interesting on the Be Right podcast. Had quite the line, the question, uh, will there be pigs in a blanket on your wedding menu uh, to Paulina. Honestly, I don't know. It's a possibility. I haven't looked over the menu yet. I'll let mom pick that stuff. Smart man, delegating. Yeah, yeah. You kind of Big just, day. You just stay out of the way. No mulligans on that day. Let the ladies handle those kind of 
details. You would know, you would know more in that regard. I, I let my, my, you know, I just stay out of the way. Let the missus run the house. I, I, the house doesn't run very efficiently when I'm, I'm in charge. How about DJ? Is he in charge of his game right now? When you look at where he is, 37, it's hard to stay, I think, motivated when you were in your 20s, when you've made as much money and been so accomplished, and he didn't just win one major, now it's two, and you are a son of South Carolina, and you went across the border, and you win that green jacket, and we saw tears and emotion from DJ, things we had never seen before on a golf course. And now we're saying, you know, now go ahead and compete and beat Colin and Scheffler and, and, and these young 20-somethings whippersnappers. Where do you see DJ? I think Dustin Johnson, there's the biggest gap in perception among peers on the PGA Tour okay. with the media. And I think the media views Dustin Johnson as this unassuming guy right. who gives these truncated answers. Coasting through his career. press conferences. Yeah. And, but talking with people on his team and his peers, he's a grinder on the range. Puts in a ton of work with wow. his game. And Hunter Mahan told me a good story at the Ryder Cup. DJ is like type A attention to detail with shirts, Folded like it has a whole schedule laid out for his day, so he's not just like DJ. Eight. Who we talking about the same DJ? Yes, okay. I was saying when they were Ryder Cup teammates, DJ would have every shirt like he was ironing it himself himself in the morning. Has everything laid out for the week, so he has a lot of attention to detail that helped him go on this prolonged run as world number one. Yeah. The issue right now, the driver. Yeah, which is amazing to say that he was like having trouble, you know depending on it, leaning on it. He was leaning more on his three-wood in the match play because he wasn't that confident with where the driver was going. And it's like when David Duvall was at the height of his powers, yeah. he said, I would maybe miss one to two tee shots a year to the left. Like, didn't even see the left side. It mm. didn't exist mm. the left edge of the fairway yes. into the rough. When Dustin Johnson's at his best, his driver's a weapon, and there's no left miss. He's been dealing with the left miss, and that's why – a good week for DJs at T4 and yeah. T9. It's not win two or three starts in a row. Yeah, DJ reminds me a little bit of, of Fred Couples. And I remember speaking to Joe LaCava, who caddied for Freddie when he won that Masters in 1992. And the perception was similar. Uh, you know, Freddie just kind of coasts and he's not paying much attention. And, and Joey said, no, you know what? When he was playing practice rounds with Raymond Floyd and Tom Watson, he was dumb like a fox. You know, no one was knowing that Freddie was actually dropping the ball where Watson was dropping the ball and, and hitting chip shots and pitches where, where, where Raymond was. He was paying attention, and he pays attention. And just because he's super cool and looks like, you know, everything is water off a duck's back does not mean that Freddie wasn't paying attention. That sounds like DJ is cut from a similar cloth. It, it certainly appears that way. And yeah. I, I, but you wonder at this stage of his career, he's 37, we saw what VJ did in his 40s. Yes. DJ's in, in great shape. Does he want to put continue to put in the time to then have another prolonged run in his late 30s or 40s? Yeah. Or does life catch up where, you know, there, there are other things you're interested in? But the last five, six, seven years, what he's done to improve his putting and his wedge play, that's yeah. hours and hours of hidden reps on the range to get him to that point in the biggest moments where we've seen him win two majors and 20-plus times on the PGA. I love that question for DJ and for others in their late 30s and early 40s when they eventually get there. JT and Spieth have made so much money to stay hungry in your early 40s to kind of find that bridge to the PGA Tour champions. I think it's going to be a very unique player 
who will stay hungry to keep pressing and fighting and grinding into their food. Yeah, what's the quote? Stay humble, stay hungry? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you wonder which guys with where the PGA Tour is at right yeah. now. Can, I mean, it's rare to be able to keep that fire burning yeah. for 15, 20, 25 years. A lot of great stories on the PGA Tour. Maybe none better right now than Morgan Hoffman. He's back on tour this week for the first time since 2019. More in his incredible journey back to the game after this. You're watching Golf Today. Late 2016, former Oklahoma State standout PGA Tour pro Morgan Hoffman was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy in 2017. Hoffman went public with his diagnosis and goals to raise awareness for the disease in the years since the prognosis from doctors. Hoffman and his wife Chelsea relocated from Jupiter, Florida to Nassara, Costa Rica with the goal to search for a cure through other alternative treatment methods. Now this week, Hoffman returning to the PGA Tour for the first time since October 2019 with three starts left on his major medical extension. You know, it's mentally different. Yeah, it was a lot more stressful, I think, preparing for a, a golf event. Um, I feel like I needed to have needs and, and do things specifically and um, put a lot of pressure on myself. And that's kind of what was my detriment out there. Uh, and now it's been fun. I've had an amazing time and hit some great shots, hit some really terrible shots, and like I just have. Um, obviously, I want to play well, and results would be special. But um, I think this week and whatever happens is an al already a success. So being this close to it, it it's tough to kind of step out sometimes and and really see what's happened, where I've been, what I've been through um, but at this moment I'm trying to take take a minute and, and look out from the outsider's perspective and, and yeah it's um, on paper it's definitely interesting it's uh, it's a crazy story for sure and I think that any athlete in this position or anybody with a drive for health um, would do something similar as well and I don't think I'm, I'm special in any way. I think I, I've been put in this position for a reason. And I, I just want to help people believe in themselves and, and get through really anything that they're going through. Because everyone in this room here has something that they're going through that most people probably don't know about. And um, I made a decision to make it public. And just because I had a, a platform that was capable of making a big difference and I hope that um, I hope that that happens my muscles ever since I went to Nepal about uh, probably four years ago they've been slowly getting better there hasn't been any more atrophy which has been amazing and now my right pack is, was the worst it just it kind of got down to my ribs where all you could see is bone and now, like, when I put my hand here and I flex, I can feel it again, which is pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, it's been improving slowly. And now I'm in kind of the testing process of pushing it back in the gym again to see how hard I can go. Amazing story. And Morgan Hoffman on the golf course, the RBC. This is the par 3 fourth. It is 
Tee shot of the waters. This is for par. Hello. Wow. I mean, that's uh, some strong stuff. A little fist pump from HV3. And Morgan Hoffman under par in his first PGA Tour round since 2019. Liking that start so far. Yeah, and I'm loving his story. Stand out at Oklahoma State. It's Might have to update that picture soon, though. He's got With a little bum, more. With the bum, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more lettuce on top of that dome these days. He has he has lived some life, I tell you. And reading first the story in Golf Digest by Dan Rappaport about how he kind of went off the grid and yeah, his phenomenal buddies. story. Where 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 did he go? Oh yeah, he's over in Costa Rica. He's in Nepal. He's trying to find. You know, he isn't. We had uh, on the show earlier this yeah. week. He doesn't even like alternative medicine as the phrase he likes original medicine he thinks western medicine is alternative because it's it's much younger than herbs and, and things that have been used for for thousands and thousands of years in some case so to see a young man to kind of go off the grid live this spartan life living in one of those blue zones in costa rica where people live you know into their 80s 90s and sometimes to 100 he's yeah. doing everything he can in his power to stop this debilitating disease and find his way back to a game that he loves. Yeah, and there are five regions in the world where people routinely live to 100. Yeah. Butner, the author behind that. Um, I, I think it's it's fascinating how different his story is in golf circles compared to if you look at like the general population. What he's doing would be atypical, but it mm. wouldn't be unheard of. But when yeah. he shares that I went on a ayahuasca retreat and uh, like radical dietary changes that he's made to get back to this point. I can't think of anything comparable where a player then has reemerged to try and once again resume life as a professional yeah. on the PGA Tour. It's amazing. Especially where his life was before the diagnosis. And he talked about, you know, I was a young guy, you know, loving life on the road. And enjoying the, the splendors enjoying of the PGA. Enjoying the splendors of the PGA Tour. Yeah. And from the comforts of courtesy cars to manicured fairways and greens to being on a dirt road in Costa Rica where the tire where your tires are gonna you know bust out and, and cows and stray dogs are are running free. When you talk with friends of Morgan who either went to school with them or knew him in Jupiter, he's a guy who was almost universally well liked on the PGA yeah. tour, but was always comfortable in his own skin. Mm. So for him to go on this spiritual journey that was also involving a process of trying to figure out other ways to improve his physical health, yeah. it's not surprising that he would completely be comfortable sharing where he went on this, this journey and knowing the reaction he's going to get. Some people are going to look at him like he's an alien who came from Mars. Like right. it's just not what we normally are talking about when it's birdies and bogeys on the PGA Tour. But it, it's awesome to see that he was able to go his own direction and now feel that he's comfortable enough to resume competing. He's sharing his story. He's helping with the establishment of the Morgan Hoffman Foundation, mm -hmm. which helps people with muscular dystrophy. He has a tournament every year at uh, Ridgewood yep. in New Jersey. And this was someone, and he even told us when we talked to him, how he took care of his body. I mean, yeah, he'd have buffalo wings from time to time when he was in college. But you talk to Mike McGraw, who was then the coach at Oklahoma State, among the team, he, he worked out the hardest. He ate the cleanest. And, and there was a time where Morgan was like, you know, how is this happening to me? How am I getting muscular dystrophy and losing my, my pec muscle and, and losing you know, my strength when I've taken such good care of myself. He said he had that mindset for a couple of months and then said, yeah. I can't live this way anymore. I have to do what I can to find a way to get my life back. Well, and there were like whispers we would hear about Morgan Hoffman. And obviously everyone felt 
empathy for the misfortune that he had to deal with yeah. in his career. But when he was gone for three months, six months, a year, two years, it was like, when's he going to resurface? I mean, it wasn't yeah. quite like where, with Anthony Kim, who's been away from the PGA Tour, right. who's like the Bobby Fischer right. professional golf. Morgan, totally different set of circumstances. But when his exodus was at the two-plus-year mark, it was, okay, well, first and foremost, how's his health? Right. And then is he even considering life on the PGA Tour in the realm of possibility? But I wonder with, with what he's sharing and his foundation – and raising awareness if there are other golfers who in a much smaller scale have gone on similar journeys themselves mm. that would feel more comfortable being forthcoming with that with the media since Morgan's already shared a story yeah. that was so contrary yeah. to, to what we're accustomed to. Got to help pe people, whether it's PGA Tour players or folks watching at home. This is someone who has, what, three starts on his major yeah. medical. I mean, I think he's more about trying to, to get his life back and – breathing exercises and, and healing, but it's it's uh, it's inspiring what he's doing so far. I mean, one under through four holes at the RBC in his first round since 2019. Uh, and he was nervous saying, you know, I, you know, I may hit some bad shots this week. I may not know where everything's going, but what a fantastic start from a golf perspective. What a fantastic mindset, saying that yeah. the stress of preparing for life on the PGA Tour previously yeah. was the grind that he would feel, yeah. and now it's fun. Yeah, And it's just like gratitude and happiness for him being able to once again be a professional golfer. He said, I hit some good shots, hit some terrible shots. Yeah, the, the part that was illuminating to me, it's like shock culture for him to be back here. After Gotta be, years. yeah. So he was saying, at the end of the day when I'm with my wife, Chelsea, I need the time to unwind. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I need to be away from the I, – I need to be able to reset yeah. at the end of the day in between yeah. rounds, basically. A lot of folks rooting for Morgan Hoffman yeah. this week Hard in not South to. I mean, Carolina. It's a great story. Love seeing 100%. him back. Well, news on Wednesday was Fred Couples and Zach Johnson being named assistants for 22 U.S. President's Cup Captain Davis Love the third. We discussed the captaincy in the line of succession. What's going to happen down the road? That's next off today. We're back on golf today. Here's what you need to know. On Wednesday, the PGA Tour announcing a long-term commitment to staging the President's Cup in Melbourne, Australia with the Biennia Global Team Competition set to return to the Sandbelt in 2028 and 2040. 2028 President's Cup will mark the event's fourth visit to Melbourne, matching Virginia and Gainesville for most cups contested in one city. The venue for the 2028 President's Cup will be announced at a later date, Damon, but the first three yeah. Familiar spot with Royal yeah, Melbourne. Absolutely. A lot of U.S. success, but not 1998. U.S. lost 20 and a half to 11. Still and a half. the only win for the Can you believe it? back yeah. in It's getting closer. It's getting closer. we got some captain's news also. Meanwhile, Wednesday, U.S. captain Davis Love III announced Fred Couples and Zach Johnson. A couple major champs as two of his captain's assistants for the 2022 President's Cup, which we played at Quail Hollow in Charlotte, September. Love has the option to name up to two more assistants prior to the competition. And when asked about a merging of the captaincy lines of succession between the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup, here's what Davis had to say. Well, our, and it's a big group when I say our, you know, it's 
that first meeting um, in the winter of 2014 and 15 after um, losing the Ryder Cup for the whatever third time in a row um, it started with Raymond Floyd you know it was a big group of guys all the way down to Ricky Fowler was the young guy and we had you know Tiger Stricker Lehman Phil just right on down the list and we all sat there and said you know we got to do we got to do something different and we it was a Ryder Cup meeting but we don't look at it that way we look at it as we're a team that plays every year and it goes Ryder Cup, President's Cup. So one thing that Phil was really adamant about was consistency and continuity from year to year. And we can use an assistant captain at the President's Cup to get him experience for the Ryder Cup, to get him experience for the President's Cup captaincy down the road. So you can see what Zach Johnson has done. You know, we're, we've moved him from player, 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 immediately to assistant captain. And now, you know, it's been it's been awkward the last few years, Ryder Cup, who's going to take which, which year? And Zach was looking like a President's Cup captain first to get him ready for Ryder Cup. And then um, Rome became a spot, an away game, for, for somebody to be a great leader. And it turned out for us, that Zach made the most sense for for that one, um, but he could do it because he'd been assistant a few times. So it's it's really important. And again, we love both competitions. Presidents Cup, we've had a better record, so we're trying to take that record and apply it to, to Ryder Cup. Um, why do we play better in Presidents Cup? And take, but yes, to answer your question, yes, we we just do it year round. We're already working on food for Italy while we're working on food for Charlotte, <laughs> while we're working on clothes. And so Zach and I have done this together a lot, and it just it's pretty seamless. You know, stats count for this year just like they did for last year. Things we learned um, over the last couple President's Cups and Ryder Cups are going to really help us in Charlotte. Obviously, Fred's been a great President's Cup captain, but never got the chance to be a Ryder Cup captain. Why do you think that is, and do you think it's something that can still be fixed? I'll be honest. I think it was by design. I think, I think he was real comfortable being President's Cup captain, and um, the Ryder Cup captaincy is a big job. You know, it's, it's a lot of work, and um, I, don't, I don't know if he ever got asked and turned it down, but... Um, I think he just he just liked the President's Cup and um, felt like he was he played the first one and was a big part of him and I've had other players go I don't know I've watched you be Ryder Cup captain I don't know if I want to that's a big job um, it's a long a long two years um, President's Cup is more um, comfortable I won't say easy it's more comfortable because it's staff we work with all the time and it's you know they run both teams and um, it's a little bit. Um, smaller animal than, than Ryder Cup, so um, I don't know. Fred Fred's good in the locker room, in a practice round as a captain. I think he would have been a great Ryder Cup captain. He could still be Ryder Cup captain. We may have to fill a gap somewhere now. Um, our order's kind of messed up right now, <laughs> so maybe maybe Fred would be a great um, home game in New York.
Fred the gap filler. And the order now messed up. What could he possibly be alluding wow, to, David? That's a big suitcase to unpack. We got socks and T-shirts kind of all impressive. over the place. I mean, a gap to fill sounds like Phil. I mean, what else did he mean? I think after that long, you know, soliloquy, <laughs> that at the end of that was the was the lead. He buried the lead. Was that maybe this line of succession is going to get a little bit messy because we don't know what's going to happen with Phil Mickelson and where he is in the game of golf. It was kind of assumed that because he's the people's champ and his love for New York and his success in trying to chase down Tiger at Bethpage, that 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 Bethpage would be a natural fit for Phil Mickelson to be the Ryder Cup captain in 2025. But that little kind of side glance from DL3 and that little aside tells me that maybe that's where Fred Couples gets his chance to be a Ryder Cup captain. What did you make from that? The other part that made me laugh a little, he's like, well, it's a lot of work. <laughs> that's yeah. really like Fred's vibe. But <laughs> it's pretty but no, funny. It's, it, it, Phil and the Beth Page Ryder Cup, we've been talking about this for Eight to ten years. Hundred percent. Seemed like the layup of all layups. Yes. That it would be Phil, Beth Page, New York fans. It makes you think that however embedded Phil is with the Saudis, they're already having talks three years from now where he wouldn't be the fit. So it's not like this is, uh, hey, just apologize and yeah. resume life on the PGA Tour. Everything's hunky-dory. It sounds like Phil's persona non grata. Like, I mean, he's out of the mix now. And 25, they're kind of in scramble mode. Like, okay, would it be Fred Couples? Who else can we get in the mix? And then you look at the President's Cup. Yeah. It's all these same faces. I get having Zach since he's doing the Ryder Cup, but uh, Davis and Fred. Uh, Davis and Fred. Davis and Fred. Davis and Fred. Show me some new cards. I mean, a little imagination. Give me a, a, you know, he's got two more potential spots to fill. Yeah, if you have a gap in 25, why not like a David Toms or or work maybe – Stuart Sink. I don't know who, like, who, who else? Neds, maybe? Yeah. Who Larry else? Nelson? Could that's that be, three, years, that? three years from now. So they could be an assistant this year, assistant at the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Then by that point, the, Tiger may want it. Yeah. You know? Of course, Tiger may still be playing. Who knows? I'll put nothing past the 15 time major champ. I mean, Tiger would be a great fit he, at Beth Page, a place he he's won, won before. U.S. Open there, 2002. Listen, I mean, even seeing Davis, who has shared dinners and locker rooms and World Golf Hall of Fame events with Phil. I mean, that he, he's no ingenue when it comes to doing press conferences. He's no rookie. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a, what a moment. And people were parsing it and trying to figure out what it meant on social media. When I saw it last night, one of our producers, Chloe, I, the email, I, I did a double take when I read that quote. I'm like, wait a minute. What? That's right. That, that was one where I'm like clutching the chair. Like, whoa. I mean, okay. What that a statement. I mean, uh, you know, Davis said the quiet part out loud. Mm-hmm. And that's what, uh, that's what struck me. We need a segment spilling the tea. Because <laughs> Davis spilled it there where he did. if you really look at the granular details in the message, that's Phil apparently, and this could change. None of this is like written in, yeah. in pen, but it seems like Phil, PGA of America, Ryder Cup, he's on the outs looking in, and not just for 2023, but for 2025 as well. Will he defend his title next month? Uh, he's either going to defend his title or he'll be teeing it up someplace in England yeah. uh, over the summer. I, I, it would be astounding mm. to me if he doesn't defend his title at the PGA Championship. What yeah. do you think? I, I, I think we may not see him for a while. I still feel like the topic is is combustible. So you're more 
I'm more maybe we see it in Bearish June. Bearish than bullish. Yeah, maybe we see it in June. You know, time heals all wounds. We've seen folks make comeback stories for time memorial in life, in sports, in golf. Um, Phil Mickelson popping his thumb, signing autographs, falling on his sword with a better apology. Perhaps maybe that would be what brings him back. I just, it's remarkable that the man had the sport by the tail last spring and could have said, you know what, I want to sign with NBC or CBS or ESPN and be the next Tony Romo of golf. And now we don't know where he is. Now he's, you know, suddenly Voldemort. His apology, which was directed at the yeah. SGL, and Davis Love III's statement makes it seem like that Phil has no other recourse but to just continue going the SGL direction. And yeah. that's why if we don't see him at the PGA Championship, yeah. then this summer is going to be – give us clarity on what the future holds for yeah. Phil. Well, Phil Mickelson not at the Masters, not at the RBC Heritage. Davis Love III is at a tournament he's won five times. We're playing with his uh, assistant captain. Hey, might as well keep the synergy together, make a couple phone calls, make the tee times. Uh, CT could be happen. on that international team. <laughs> you never, never know. We got some news. Tiger's dance card starting to fill up for the rest of the year. Going to play in the J.P. McManus. You know, you got Rom out there, Morikawa, J.T. will be there, Rory as well. Rory got married at Adair Manor. He's the only player where we can get excited over him committing to a pro-am. Hey, it's all good. We just want to see the cat, don't we? Of course. That's great news. Yeah. How about this date in golf history? I mean, Tiger probably could have a big date in any, you know, January 1st <laughs> yeah. through December 31st. He probably did something Great or historic in this game. This, of course, the 2019 Masters. Green jacket number five. Major number 15. Trailed Francesco by a couple shots, hitting with that final round, and folks started falling apart all around him. We had heard so many young guys saying, I want Tiger to get healthy. <laughs> yeah, they I did. I want to be in the thick of it against Tiger. Yeah. Then they experienced it. The hand was a little close to the fame. Yeah, that's right. They got alligator arms. All of a sudden, on this date, we said Tiger won that Masters for the fifth time. What's your all-time favorite Tiger Masters moment? That's our social question of the day. Hit us up at GC Golf today. Frank already weighing in. Sorry, I got to go with two. Hugging his dad, 97. Hugging his son, 2019. It's pretty strong. I, I was thinking that as well. That was my very first thought yeah. when, when we had – pre-show or asking the question favorite masters moment i immediately went there just because you got to see the human side and the emotion out of tiger yeah. then i was thinking tiger slam we're okay. never going to see that again but to me what got me playing golf i mean the first time i touched a golf club was two weeks before tiger winning in 97 wow and then i happened to be watching that sunday in 97 yeah was blown away immediately became hooked lifelong passion yeah. and now i am where i am today because of that so i think from a personal standpoint, it has to be 97. Yeah, for me, 97 for all the reasons, from a golf standpoint, from outside the ropes, watching that Masters with my late father and the nervousness of my dad and for many in the African-American community because they'd never seen someone who looked like them at this pinnacle and not wanting him to fall. So there was a lot of texture to the 97 Masters in addition to just some of the greatest golf that we have ever seen played. Well, and it was just 22 years earlier that you had an African-American teeing it up in the Masters. Yeah. It wasn't that far removed yeah. from when there are certain 
venues and events that Tiger may not have been a part of if he was born 30 years earlier. Great point. How about 05, by the way, the chip in? Can we give a little nod to I, that? An amazing shot, but you forget, yeah. he went bogey-bogey. He did? He nearly... DeMarco kind of, you know, made him... You know, DeMarco was there. DeMarco Chris was there. Sweat. Yes, <laughs> yes, he did. But that's probably the, the single best shot. That, yeah, that Tigers just, played at Augusta National. And he hadn't won a major since 2002, you know, before he won that uh, green jacket again. You forget that 2005. mini run where there was a, a gap, I guess. Yeah. It, yeah. We got the Ryder Cup gap with the captain in 2025. Yeah. Tiger had that stretch of 304. VJ rips off nine wins yeah. in that magical season. And then Tiger back in 05. And then we see him in 2022. 14 months after this single car accident, he's at the Masters, and he makes the cut, and on a Monday, where folks are usually just kind of, you know, smiling and walking around, it's like, oh my gosh, it's Woodstock following Tiger Woods as he's playing with Fred Couples. I mean, you were right there. I was there. I, 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 he's, I've seen everything, I think. I keep thinking, well, there's nothing new that Tiger's going to show us, and, and he keeps fooling us. We keep seeing different emotions and, and different scenes involving Tiger Woods. I think what's going to happen, this is my crystal ball, yeah. He'll get to 83, so he'll retire as the winningest golfer on the PGA Tour, and yeah. Jack will have the most majors. That's and then they'll both be 1A, 1B together, with, with, in, having accomplished different things in their career. Jack, the greatest major champion. Yeah. Tiger, the greatest champion. So you don't think Tiger's going to keep chasing 18, huh? I, I, there's no way he's getting it. No way? 18 or 19. Tiger watches Golf Channel from time to time. <laughs> I, you know. I, Big One more log in the fire, off, but more, if he gets more fuel more, in the tank, more, 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 I, I will be the first him. guy to say I was wrong <laughs> and gladly say that with a smile on my no face. Doubt. Just happy that he's back yeah. and that he is healthy. He's given us hope and belief. He is. He has indeed for a lot of us in our midlife to, to later years. Tell you what, a lot of folks want to go to Carolina this week. Day one, RBC Heritage. We got Golf Central pregame in just a little bit.